Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Crystal Mangum? First, I'll look at the background of this case, including the non-homicidal crimes move to the timeline of the murder, then offer my analysis. Crystal Mangum was born in Durham, North Carolina, on July 18, 1978. Her father was named Travis and her mother, Mary. She had two older siblings. Not long after graduating high school in 1996, Crystal filed a police report claiming that she had been kidnapped three years earlier. Her family was split on the allegation Some family members thought that it happened. Others were not too sure. Crystal's report did not lead to any charges. Crystal joined the Navy and was stationed in California. She met a man named Kenneth McDeal, who was 14 years older than her. The couple married, but the relationship took a turn for the worse. Kenneth was arrested after Crystal accused him of threatening to kill her, but the charge was dismissed. Crystal started having a relationship with a married man was in the Navy. She became pregnant and was discharged from the Navy. It was an honorable discharge, but it doesn't sound like she had a choice. Later, Crystal had a second child with the same man. The relationship didn't work out, and Crystal moved back to Durham, North Carolina. Crystal eventually found work as a clothing challenge dancer in a club and for special events. I guess one could say that she would showcase private parts at private parties. In 2002, Crystal found herself in a high-speed police pursuit after stealing a taxi cab from one of her customers. After she was stopped, the police approached her trying to flag down the taxi, but Crystal was not in the mood to pick up a fare and almost ran over an officer. Her blood alcohol level was 0.19. The limit for driving in North Carolina is 0.08. Crystal was charged with 10 different offenses, and pleaded guilty to four, larceny, driving while impaired, assault on a government official, and speeding to elude arrest. She only served six days in jail, spread over three weekends. In 2004, Crystal graduated from a community college with an associate's degree and became a full-time student at North Carolina Central University. She continued to work as someone who entertained through an absence of apparel. On March 13, 2006, members of the lacrosse team at Duke University hired Crystal and another dancer to perform at an off-campus party. When Crystal arrived, she was already intoxicated. After midnight, now on March 14, Crystal left the party after getting into an argument. 
she then became engaged in a fight with the other dancer. Crystal was taken into custody and transported to a mental health facility. As she was being admitted to the facility on an involuntary basis, she falsely accused three of the lacrosse players of committing offenses of a sexual nature against her. The three players were arrested and charged. The prosecution pushed the case forward despite knowing that Crystal's claims were not credible. The prosecutor even conspired with a laboratory to withhold exculpatory DNA evidence. On April 11, 2007, the Attorney General of North Carolina dropped all the charges against the lacrosse players and declared them innocent. The prosecutor who had unlawfully pursued the case was disbarred for dishonesty, fraud, deceit, and misrepresentation. He was the first prosecutor in the history of North Carolina to be disbarred for conduct at a trial. He only served one day in jail for criminal contempt. Crystal Mangum was not charged with anything despite having changed her story about 12 times. She continued to maintain her false accusations. There was a good deal of outrage in the community against Crystal. She almost caused three innocent men to go to prison, but she did not suffer any penalty. The three lacrosse players settled a lawsuit with Duke University for about $20 million each. Crystal went on with her life, but was not well-liked, especially in Durham, North Carolina. On February 17, 2010, Crystal was once again involved in a challenging situation. Her nine-year-old daughter called the police and reported a disturbance. Officers arrived and discovered that Crystal and her partner, Milton Walker, were fighting. Crystal had allegedly set fire to some of her clothing in a bathtub. Perhaps she wanted to attract compliments like, your clothes are on fire, or that's a smoking outfit. Crystal was arrested for eight offenses, including attempted murder and first-degree arson. On December 17, 2010, Crystal was convicted of three offenses, including resisting a public officer. The jury deadlocked on the arson charge. The state would later decide not to retry Crystal. She was released because she was only sentenced to 88 days in jail, and she had already been in jail for longer than that. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. After being released from jail, Crystal continued to experience difficulties in the community. She was unable to find anyone who would rent her an apartment, 
mostly because of the false accusation part. Therefore, she ended up living with a relative. Not long after this, Crystal met a house painter named Reginald Day, who was 14 years older than her. He struggled to regulate his intake of alcohol and had financial problems. Crystal and Reginald came to an agreement whereby she and her children would move into his apartment. They both thought of this as a good deal. Reginald needed help paying his rent, and Crystal wanted a new place to live. The relationship between the couple quickly became romantic. Now moving to the timeline of the murder. During the early morning hours of April 3, 2011, Crystal and Reginald returned from a family gathering. They had been visiting Reginald's family. He wanted to introduce Crystal to them. As the couple was walking toward Reginald's apartment, Crystal started talking to a man who was standing outside. Reginald became jealous. When the couple entered his apartment, they started fighting. During the course of this argument, Crystal stabbed Reginald in the side of his chest. Reginald stumbled to a relative's apartment and emergency services were called. He was taken to the hospital. Crystal was arrested and charged with assault with a deadly weapon. After Reginald received surgery for his stab wound, the police asked him what happened. Here's what Reginald told them. He and Crystal had an argument outside the apartment. When they went inside, he physically struck Crystal and chased her into the bathroom. She closed and locked the door, but he kicked it in and dragged her out by her hair. At this point, he let her go. Crystal retrieved a knife from the kitchen and attacked him. He attempted to retreat, but Crystal stabbed him. After Crystal was represented by an attorney, she also spoke to the police and supplied her version of what happened. Crystal's account was largely similar to Reginald's version of events, but it diverged after he dragged her out of the bathroom by her hair. Again, at this point, Reginald said that Crystal became the aggressor, but Crystal had a different story. She claimed that Reginald started throwing knives from the kitchen at her. He then tried to strangle her. She picked up one of the knives from the floor and stabbed him. Crystal claimed that she acted in self-defense. Reginald was expected to recover, but on April 13, 10 days after being stabbed, he died in the hospital. It sounds like Reginald's withdrawal from alcohol combined with his injury to cause complications. Crystal received an upgrade from assault with a deadly weapon to second-degree murder. At Crystal's trial, the man she was fighting with when she was arrested in February of 2010, Milton Walker, testified against her. He was there during the incident where Crystal had been accused of setting fire to her clothing in the bathtub. Crystal had allegedly attempted to attack Milton with a knife while the police were on the scene. Milton's testimony about this encounter was damaging to Crystal's case. It made her seem like a person who routinely grabbed knives and attacked people. Crystal was convicted of second-degree murder on November 22, 2013. She was sentenced to 14 to 17 years in prison. Crystal is scheduled to be released in February 2026 at the age of 47. Now moving to my analysis. The case of Crystal Mangum is often framed as a town out for revenge. There's this idea that Crystal was convicted of murder, not because she was actually guilty, but because she escaped justice after falsely accusing the three Duke lacrosse players. Other people argue that the case against Crystal stands on its own. 
she deserved to be convicted of murdering Reginald, regardless of her past behavior. The false accusations that she made in 2006 were not admissible at trial. They were never mentioned. Of course, members of the jury recognized Crystal as the notorious false accuser, but in theory, they did not use the incident against her. Was Crystal actually guilty of murder? Let's take a look at the evidence both for and against the idea that Crystal was guilty, starting with the inculpatory factors. Crystal admitted that she stabbed her boyfriend, Reginald, during an argument in his apartment. He was not armed. The stabbing led to Reginald's death. Crystal had an extensive history of dishonesty, impulsivity, and criminal behavior. Crystal did not remain at the scene of the stabbing and did not immediately contact the authorities. Crystal's story about Reginald throwing knives is difficult to believe. Why didn't she simply flee the apartment and or call the police? A former love interest of Crystal testified that she attempted to attack him with a knife during an incident that occurred about 14 months before the stabbing. Moving to the exculpatory factors, Reginald was intoxicated at the time of the stabbing. He had started drinking even before he and Crystal visited his family. Reginald admitted to the police that he struck Crystal, chased her as she locked herself in a bathroom, kicked in the bathroom door, and dragged her out by her hair. Crystal sustained injuries consistent with his account of attacking her. When considering the evidence, do I think that Crystal was guilty of murder? I think she was guilty in reality, but there's no way she was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. It is possible that Crystal was convicted because people wanted her to pay for the false accusations she made against the Duke lacrosse players. The community just couldn't get past how she escaped justice for such a heinous offense. The murder case against Crystal was not only an opportunity to get justice for Reginald, but to right a wrong from the past. I think people looked at Crystal and thought to themselves, she's really just too dangerous to be free in society. Anyone who would be willing to falsely accuse people like Crystal did is capable of anything. I think what happened in this case is that Crystal was an impulsive, irresponsible, arrogant, self-centered, and violent individual who could not resist making false allegations. She simply did not care if she destroyed other people's lives. When she was attacked by Reginald, she wanted to kill him. When he stopped attacking her, Crystal saw her opportunity. She thought that she would stab him and then claim self-defense. She did not have success with her false allegations from years before, but somehow she thought this time people would believe her. As it turns out, nobody did and Crystal went to prison. The good news for Crystal is that now her housing problems have been solved. The bad news is, if she thought she was disliked in Durham, North Carolina before, she's really going to be disappointed after being released from prison in 2026. If Crystal was truly defending herself against Reginald, this outcome is unfortunate. I think the lesson learned, if she is innocent, is this. Dishonesty can have consequences that are unexpected, especially when the deception involves a complete disregard for the rights and well-being of others. The potent irony in this case is that Crystal falsely accused people, and now she is complaining that she has been falsely accused. She still cannot understand why people are not standing behind her. Crystal had many opportunities to tell the truth back in 2006. She refused to be honest and continues to promote her false narrative. There is the sense that she just hasn't learned anything through this process. 
Now moving to my final thoughts. The case of Crystal can be summarized in this way. Motivated by her malevolent mood, Crystal Mangum maligned innocent men with a multitude of misstatements and misrepresentations. Moreover, she misused mind-altering materials and manufactured myriad miscellaneous misdeeds and misconduct, but miraculously managed to maintain her mobility in the community. Maliciously, Crystal morphed into a murderer, making her previous mayhem and misery appear meager. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.